American songwriter, we had the opportunity to talk to Sally Boy over Zoom video. Sally Boy talked about growing up in Pennsylvania and how he got into music. He talked about his first band and touring and really starting a solo project when he got into college. We also talked a lot about basketball. He had a rad LeBron James poster behind him. and He's wearing an old Seattle Supersonics sweater. It was pretty amazing. You can check that out in the video, which is up now on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. And his debut EP is out. It's called Ares. Like I said, you can watch the video with Sally Boy and myself on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Sally Boy. This podcast is on your journey in music and how you got to where you are today. Cool. Yeah, that sounds cool to me. Sweet. Um, you are... You, just said that you're from Philly. Talk, talk to me a little bit about growing up there. Of course. Are you in the city? So I'm from just outside of Philadelphia. I actually just got into like, not an argument, but a little back and forth with my sister because I was talking to her about how recently I've changed how I tell people where I'm from because okay. I don't feel... I don't feel right saying I'm from Philly when there's people that are actually from Philly and there's definitely problems with growing up in a city. You know, like sometimes... Mm-hmm like urban developments and stuff like that are, are, uh, are uh, systemically biased. So sure. I feel like when I grew up in the suburbs and got my experience, I can't then turn around and be like, oh, I'm from Philly because I didn't go through any of the things that people who actually are in Philly had to face. So that's my, sure. so, so I'm going to change. What I said. I'm from just outside of Philly. I'm from this place called Marion. I actually went to high school where Kobe went to high school, lower Marion high school. Really? Yeah. Wow. So that must be a big deal out there. And, is that the yeah. basketball tie? Well, it's funny that you were really into basketball until later. Yeah, I mean, yeah, isn't that because I, I was I went to public, private school for until high school, so mm-hmm. I guess I didn't get into. And I always played sports, so I always liked football. Football's always been my main thing, my main squeeze. <laughs> That's cool though. That that Kobe went there. Is it like yeah. pictures of him all over the place? Yeah, he actually donated the whole gym. It's called the Kobe Bryant Gymnasium. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, but, that must have been a pretty, I know, big blow to the school and everything. Oh, yeah. A was, couple of years ago when that all was, happened. It was like everyone that I went to high school with, just Kobe was really present in all of our lives. And I, mm-hmm. growing up my whole life, it was, it was, um, I knew that I was from where Kobe was from. And, and there was all this folklore, like, like a certain rim would be bent in someone's backyard. And they were like, yeah, Kobe dumped on that rim and it bent and no one oh. ever. So like things like that, which which always happened. Like since when I was growing up, I always had those stories in my mind. So when he did die, it was like it didn't make sense because it felt like you know that wasn't possible. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, we're in San Diego and we don't have basketball. We did years and years ago, but you know, a lot of people from here are love the the Lakers. I mean, that's yeah. like the thing. And even in LA, like, yeah, I feel bad for the Clippers. I personally like the Clippers more, um, but really? that's just me. I love Kyrie Irving and or not Kyrie Irving. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I was thinking Kyrie Irving because I just read an article today that he got, he's he uh, went to a party. Yeah. He's getting sued fifty thousand from the um because he went yeah. to an indoor party. He's getting sued fifty grand from the NBA, and then he's gonna lose five games, so he's losing eight hundred k. I was like, oh my god, pretty crazy. But, yeah, that's, that's so much money. But yeah, I like Kawhi Leonard because he went to San Diego State. So oh right. I have a friend who she's from San Diego state and I forget how, but her mom maybe taught there or something. And mm-hmm. 
became like good friends with Kawhi. And so like uh-huh. her family is really close family friends with Kawhi and like he comes over for dinner and shit like oh that. Oh my gosh, that's rad. <laughs> every time every time that like the Lakers and Clippers player that actually well it used to be because he was on Toronto every time that he came to LA, they would go to the game and then hang out afterwards. Uh-huh. But like, now that he's playing on he's, the Clippers. He's on the Clippers. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's he's, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So uh, I've met him yet through that, but I'm I'm waiting. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna... <laughs> sure. You got to take her up on that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so sports. You said you're into football, but what about music? When did you get into music? Yeah, I mean, so music. I've always been in music. Like, I started playing piano when I was two or three years old. Oh I wow! Lessons, uh, really young, which is funny because because I don't really think about my life path too often and and when people when i first started having interviews and stuff about my music mm-hmm. uh, people would be like when did you start making music and i'm like i don't know like i don't know i always did it and, and then i thought about it and i was like I, I i literally have always done it because i've been doing it since i was three years old so that's crazy yeah, I music when i was three sorry i go on tangents I'm, i've been listening to my pop to like interviews and podcasts i've done and I'm, and I'm trying to figure out what i can reel in on i think that's one of them is going on these tangents no I, well the thing about our podcast is i love the tangents man i don't care <laughs> i'd prefer the pit the tangents because i always uh, say nobody's okay. here for me they're for they're here for <laughs> for whoever i'm interviewing <laughs> you got the you got that's the gel. You're the gel that brings it all together. <laughs> I just tried to steer it in the conversation, but <laughs> but I love that. Okay, so you've always been playing music. Two, three years old, you're picking up piano. Were you always writing songs, or was it always just kind of learning whatever? Uh, yeah, I probably started writing songs in like fifth grade, maybe sixth, wow. probably sixth grade was when I really started writing. Um, I remember the first song I ever wrote. It probably was my first song, but it, we I recorded it with my band, and it's just. It's not the best song ever, <laughs> but um, yeah, I started writing off, I said, in sixth grade about. I don't so you think had a, song, so you, I, had a, you had a band in sixth grade though. That's pretty you know, impressive. I had a band, so I I wrote this song, and then I didn't do anything with it. And mm-hmm. I just had, and I didn't write songs very often back then. I was sort of just getting starting to learn about it. Then mm-hmm. in about tenth grade or so, I um had this song in my band, and I decided to record it. Okay, tenth grade is when the first was that your first band in tenth grade. Yeah, I've only had one band. Um, and then it was it was a band I was in through all of high school. And then I switched over to doing solo stuff in college. Okay. okay. What if, With that band, was it something that you guys were taking pretty seriously? Or was it just like, oh, we're going to do that as fun. And then you already had like a plan to do something else in college or, or another yeah. path. We, I mean, we took it seriously. We did like two tours. We released two. Oh, albums. wow one album one ep um and we worked together pretty religiously and we actually got a deal um like two years ago or something but uh maybe it was a year ago time is so (laughs) last year like didn't even happen (laughs) um so yeah i'd say it got pretty serious and we took it seriously and it definitely started as three kids recording in a shed onto one mic through audacity but it <laughs> a pretty legitimate project wow so you would tour you like full mm-hmm. like u.s tours did, well we did three tours one of them was an east coast tour uh one of them was just like a like a weekender a three-day uh tour when we did like major like philly new york dc wow. and then we did a uh, midwest and southern tour 
that was the longest one we ever did it was like 16 different shows wow that was that's huge was that pretty exciting that one was sick that one was cool more because we got to see the country mm-hmm. but the shows were way better on the first one we did oh why why did you say that where there's more people there took a big bite of apple at the- <laughs> oh, good man <laughs> every uh, time you take a bite i'm gonna ask you a question <laughs> every time you see me take a bite just just like ponder something <laughs> just give me the room <laughs> but, um, it was better because so i mean i don't like think anyone's gonna hear this that that i that i that i went on tour with that that, that at least i'm gonna bad mouth in this segment okay <laughs> I don't think they'll hear me say this, or maybe don't make it like the the clickbait article or the headline. Or <laughs> yeah, this is the only clip I'm going to use and put it on the internet. <laughs> um, but the first tour, my one of my my band members booked it, and he's really good at, and he like really put a lot of work into, you know, finding venues that we were more suited for, and um, and that we could fill up, even if it wasn't a big venue, we could we could get enough people in it that it would feel like a, like a real good show environment, you know, mm-hmm. and he sort of made a, a tour that was more so suited for our audience size. And then we went on tour a year later with this band called Ethel Shank and they, they booked the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think they had originally had another band in the headlining spot who was the bigger than our band. So they got all these like much bigger venues mm. and then we just played in like our our main demographic was east coast like upper northeast northeast sure and so when we were going to the midwest into like milwaukee maybe we had two fans from milwaukee and then minneapolis minneapolis was like low-key the place we had the most fans we had like 15 people come that that, that like not in, in the whole thing but just fans for of you yours but yeah that would be difficult if you had never been to that city yeah, like that, how so would... that or was cool in terms of i got to see the place of parts of the country i'd never ever seen before and but it was the shows were gen generally pretty abysmal except for chicago that was a pretty sick show okay wow well you said you guys had a deal and stuff you got you got signed to a label and you got a deal offer yeah um it was with this producer um who who runs like two labels also it's like Mm -hmm. a does a lot of shit but we got an offer and it's uh, unfortunate because it happened right around the time. It happened pretty like in Mar in it happened January like a year ago today basically. Oh wow! Offer, and and I sort of was really hyped about it because it was the first time I ever got you know like a record deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but the more I talked to my management about it, and the more I thought about it, and the fact that I was you know starting to unroll my project and working on it so extensively and how those two would go hand in hand. It really didn't make sense. And I was recovering from a little vocal injury that had happened primarily because of the way I sang in the band. Mm-hmm. So I just put my options and eventually had to decline it, which was unfortunate because it was four to one and I was the last one to be, a, oh. <laughs> which is a bummer and I feel bad about it, but, but yeah, I mean, if you were really pursuing your own thing, you, you were kind of simultaneously doing writing songs for your own project and for the band yeah so i was pretty deep into my own project at that point i the, the band we had a bunch of songs that i had written and that and the other person we wrote in the band also wrote so we had probably like seven songs in the bag that we were going to work with this producer on mm-hmm. um but 
I also had already probably written, if not the entirety of the Eras EP, then five or six of the songs. Originally, it was going to be an eight-song project, so I'd probably written six of the eight songs by then. Wow. Uh, and I was like focusing mostly on writing stuff for myself because I knew that I wanted to pursue my career, and the way I had to do that was to write a lot of stuff, you know, and figure mm-hmm. out what I want to talk about and what I want to like what my sound should be. So, so I was trying to bridge both, but in, in a much realer sense, I was really focusing on myself. Okay. And w- with the songs that you write for, for Sally, for Sally boy, were those different than the band? Like, like, like mm-hmm. sonically, like, yeah. was it quite different? Yeah, definitely. Uh, for, for me, uh, I mean, for the band, it was mostly like indie rock stuff. Mm-hmm. I'll show you. I'll give you an example of, of what it would sound like for the band. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> like stuff for the band would be like, uh... oh my god! Sorry, it's... I dude, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm so fucking dying with all the misery inside my head. She said, "I'm sipping latte in the sun." like that yeah just pessimistic i said suddenly without a care i say it's all my reason but it wasn't there like shit like that you know that's sick though dude your voice is so sick you know shit like that which is very different um it was more upbeat Mm -hmm. um the band stuff i love that song also i want to do something with it still i'm trying to figure out because i was i was playing that the other day and i was like "Mm, this song slaps Dude, it's good, man. To work with, like, I don't know if it works with the project I'm about to put out with Sally Boy, um, and I like I wrote it with the with like or I arranged it with the people in Bluebird, so it's like, what do I do with it? But you know, who knows? Maybe I, I hope to have like the freedom to be able to make a project with both of them and just release stuff for fun with them because I feel like it deserves to see the light of day. Sure. Yeah, that that was a cool song, man. Well, with with the first EP you put out, like all are all those songs, like when you wrote them, did you know like these are definitely going to be for for my own project? Like there was uh, like, pitching them the yes, other way. I, I I compiled a a group like a, a a solid twenty songs or so for myself that I had that I picked from for the um, EP. Mm-hmm. That, that I knew I'd written for myself. And and there were songs that I would write and I'd put them aside to show to the band. Okay, so you would write a song and you kind of knew which way you wanted to go with it. And it's not necessarily that I would go in with the intention of writing it for the band or for myself, because most of the time I was writing for myself, uh-huh. but sometimes it would just come out and it would be- After the fact. That that was a song for the band. Got it, okay. Wow, mm-hmm. so you just, I mean, the the record you put out, the the EP came out in November of last year. Um, tell me about like you said you're about to sign the deal about a, a year ago now. So right, you're still pre-COVID. Like leaving that kind of not wanting to sign the deal was that kind of like the end of it with the band? It wasn't entirely the. We released another song in July. Or, or, or um August, maybe I think it may have even been September. Oh, <laughs> maybe wow. October. No, no, it was definitely it was definitely September. Um, so we released a song past that, but I sort of let them know for the most part that it was taking because 
that was basically the point where where I when we went through that release cycle of releasing that song, I was just I couldn't be present for it and I couldn't put everything I wanted to into it because I was really focused on Sally Boy. And so that song coming out and and leading up to it was sort of the point where I was like, I just can't do this. Like this does not make sense. Not that I don't I'm not passionate about the band, more so that I just cannot straddle two projects like this. Sure, sure. Well, did what about the the record? Was it already recorded? Like, when did you start recording the album? Like, how did for me for my yeah, own? Like the, yeah, your own stuff. Like, how did COVID kind of? Yeah, I mean, COVID helped the album, or you know, yeah, uh, yeah, probably. I probably would say it expedited the project because me and my producer or one of the few producers I work with, like basically the main collaborator on this project, uh, his name's Cole Mitchell. Mm -hmm. He, um, him and I and his girlfriend and like a friend or two of mine, we all moved basically to Palm Springs, to the desert, because he has a, a condo down there, his family does. Mm -hmm. So we literally just camped out there for three or four months and just worked on the project incessantly. And then it got to this point where, the Black Lives Matter protests were happening. Mm -hmm. So we moved back to Orange County um, because my roommates didn't want like a bunch of people who had been to the protests back, coming back into the house and stuff like that. So sure, that's smart. Went to County and I and and we would do this thing where we would drive an hour into the city and and protest during the day and then drive back and work on the project at night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> it was a uh COVID definitely helped us center in on that and not be um you know thrown off by other things but also covid takes a lot out of you so it it oh, yeah. some would there would be like two weeks in a row we wouldn't touch stuff because i would just be so that wouldn't have the energy for it mm -hmm. totally yeah i i was just curious because you said that the, the band put up the song in september where mm -hmm. and obviously you guys were used to releasing a record and touring the albums yeah. and, and all that. And it kind of, obviously nobody was doing that or nobody still yeah. is doing that. So I wondered if you had more, yeah, more time to kind of focus on what you were doing yeah. with Sally boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. At all. And, and this, what's happened this past, since the album came out, probably even like the past four months has been this complete new way of working for me where I've, put way more into my demos and, and, and elevated my demos to a point where they could almost be released on their own. Wow. But like that, that what's exciting about that is that like, I've the, the reason I'm saying this is because now I have so much more time that I've figured out a new way to do it where I put so much time into the demos so that when they're at a certain threshold, they can just be raised. Like the way I said, it was like for my first project, I took my demos to 50% and everyone brought, them to 100%. And for this one, they're at like 90% and they're bringing up to like 150% with like the collaborators I work with. Yeah. I, I, now I don't only have to tell them how I think it should sound, I can show them how I think it should sound. And they just like take it and, and freaking boom, compress it. To the mm -hmm. perfection. So I'd say when people ask me about COVID, I think this part of COVID has been way more. Um, Oh, I forget the word. It's been way more useful for my music for focusing in on music than for the last project. The, okay. That's the interesting. Yeah. And the first song you put out was, was Sally boy. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, that song did really, really well on, on Spotify and everything. Like, tell me about that. Like, 
was it was it difficult putting out a song as a solo artist or was it more nerve wracking that way? Cause it's kind yeah. of the tension is just on you as far as if it's a band, you can kind of, there's four or five of you that yeah. <laughs> kind of take the hit. So there you go. So that's, it's funny you say that. Cause I went on, I went on someone else. I talked to someone else like a week ago and we were talking about how it's easier to be. Cause they were saying, is it easier to be out of a band because instead of five people talking about what they want, five people, like it's just you figuring all the decisions and i was like right. yes but at the same time it's way more pressure because you have to be the one to be like this music is good and and what i said to them was was before i could go to other people and be and be and ask them is this music good and the people in the band would be like yeah this is this slaps and we would all be in the studio together and we'd all be like yeah it's like this this is hitting mm-hmm. but but now i'm in the studio with myself and my collaborator and i'm like <laughs> and i'm like this is hitting and they're like <laughs> oh yes so that aspect of of uh solo release is something new and this the self-doubt does creep in certainly as i'm sure it happens to every artist but um something that happened with releasing by myself was sort of this new identity you know that i had um taken or uh and become you know it was the it was it's the way i look at it now as a, even though i didn't realize it then i was sort of trying to articulate what it was then with in terms of you know what i i was giving i was projecting what i thought it would be but it was really almost like a rebirth of sense being able to sort of figure out because i really given my impression to people in my hometown and and throughout my life as one person and like was really confused a lot of the time and even until like junior year is difficult but really becoming sally boy and having like thousands of new people get a first impression of me was so freeing because it allowed me to sort of create this new persona which isn't even a new persona it's just who i actually am you know it gave me the freedom to to present myself as i actually am instead of having to worry about what people would think about me because it's like their first impression so what are they gonna think sure oh that's interesting so you feel like you had kind of like a filter or mask over yourself like in the as a musician as far as the band goes or just in general until this project kind of let you girl i i felt like i had uh you know not been 100 percent truthful with myself mm-hmm. and uh this was though when i first wrote it i sort of i think even like when the pigeons and planes article came out i i they they wrote it as sally boy is like i, I initially wanted it to be like sally boy is the magic johnson to my Irvin Johnson, like Eris is, is my Irvin is my Irvin Johnson, and Sally Boy is my Magic Johnson. But I've since realized that was foolish, and I am just I'm Sally Boy and I'm Eris. I'm not I'm not turn it on at any point, and that's the best way to live because because what I was trying to chase in that alter ego of Sally Boy is simply not. It's something you, I sit with. I sit, like I am not. Yeah. Also, this you see this ball up here on the ceiling? Yeah, I do. You know those? You ever see those Instagram ads of the glow in the dark balls that you throw at the ceiling and they stick and they come back down? And you... oh yeah, 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 I threw that up there four days ago. <laughs> Still up there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I don't know if I'd give it a glowing review. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> you need to get a ladder or something to pull it yeah, down. Yeah, well, I could just grab it. It's off my bed, but oh yeah, your bed's back there. There you go. <laughs> well, with that, you said um, like. What, how do you feel like you were able to do that? Were you, how were you able to kind of come out of yourself and far as in, in, in becoming, you said Sally Boy is kind of the more true you. Like, how did that 
was there a moment that you're like, this is real. Like I need to, you know, be this super vulnerable right now. Was there something that clicked? I don't, I'm not sure. Well, I think, I don't think maybe in retrospect, I now realize there was a point when I was, when I was figuring that out and I was mm-hmm. thinking to myself, Oh, I'm doing all these things. But honestly, when it first happened, I was having like a really tough time. I, I was, I had like these really bizarre periods of dissociation and stuff like that. I was mm-hmm. having really bad anxiety. And then, and then I think that was happening because of this, what I'm telling you that I was creating this reboot of, how I presented myself to the world or how I wanted to be perceived. And so as a result, I was, I was sort of dissociated with myself because it was, it was, it was almost a like very um, transformative episode, you know? Sure. So, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not sure that I could t- say how I did it. I don't, I don't think I did it by disassociating, but I think that was a byproduct of, of my doing it. Um, and I just, didn't think about how I was going to portray myself. I just acted how I wanted to act, you know? Sure. Yeah. With that though, you like you, I mean, you had a fan base prior and when you're ba- with your band, like you, I love that you said that you, you know, you have a bunch of new first impressions with people, thousands of new people seeing you and then getting a, new, a first impression. Yeah. Were you kind of worried about what your previous fans were going to think when you went and did a, a solo project or did you not even care? I don't, I mean, I don't really know. Cause I never really tagged myself or shit on like the bluebird Instagram or, and my scene was mostly, and I was starting of a new project in LA. And so I didn't ever, I never even thought about that fact. Like oh, not okay. once. That was, that was like the least of my thoughts, I think throughout the whole thing. Um, I, I, so, so to answer your question, I guess, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes, I did not think about, I don't want to say I didn't think about my fans, but I guess I didn't really think I had fans, maybe is the better way to put it. Okay. Well, with with releasing the EP, I mean, this is your first body of work as a solo artist, and we're all stuck inside. Like, was that yeah. a, a thing that was kind of bizarre as far as a release? And, like, how do you feel about that? So, the thing that I, the way that I describe it is, release days and just releasing in general were because i am i love performing that's my like the best thing about being a musician in my opinion is is performing and playing shows and that's why i do it because i love performing so much and i just love that 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 interaction of of me in a crowd and seeing how my music and me and me like can create something like that Mm -hmm. so i felt as if releasing in this time period was the closest thing I ever had. I, I had to that. And I never really, I hadn't released singles ever. I only released projects with my band. And so this, this, it became like a sort of adrenaline where every time or a, uh, like a fix really, cause releasing a single was this like short thing I could give to someone and it would like instantaneously, I'd get like a bunch of texts that night and like a bunch of notifications. And then I would meet a bunch of new people and I would see people's live reactions to things. And so it wasn't weird at all to me. It was in fact, like the closest thing to normality I could find in, in terms of my music and in terms of um, what the music industry looked like. Um, yeah, that's why. And, and I, the, the, I say this, I've said this to my friends, but being able to meet fans like, or talk to fans and meet new people because of my music is like a blessing because you're not meeting anyone new 
And granted, there are some weird people that DM me, but I don't respond <laughs> to them. And mostly I've gotten a lot of really sweet people. Who I get That's to amazing. To. That's yeah. so cool. That's- really, it's like, I get some really cool DMs about like, how my music has helped people and that stuff. I, I sort of take for granted because I'm, I'm, I, you know, I undermine my accomplishments, but that stuff definitely resonates and, and makes me like realize that I need to keep doing this. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's a great way to look at it too. Like, cause most musicians, it's like, yeah, it sucks. I mean, we thought about pulling the record and holding it and waiting, you know, all these things because a lot, you know, if you're, if you're, if your lifestyle is usually record tour, record tour, yeah. that, that kind of, the game is totally changed now. Oh yeah. So different. So with that, like, are you doing like, how, like when you put the record out, did you do like a live stream events? Do you do any of that? Or is it kind of just, it's out in the world and hopefully. Yeah. Love it? So the, the main thing, I think the main, we did, we did content pieces with everything. And the main content piece with, with Sally boy, with the, the RZP was um, the Sally boy show. And then uh, we did a bunch of just, um, we did, I did a once to watch takeover. I did like uh, we found new music live show and just did a lot and then did a live stream. I think I did a live stream actually the day of sippy cup. That was different. Um, so yeah, I just did a bunch. That's what, that was, I guess the closest thing I, I didn't really have a real, I had a release party at my house, which was just my housemates and four other, you know, a cake. I saw. Party. Oh yeah. There is. <laughs> yeah. That was cute. Um, uh, and champagne, really shitty champagne <laughs> that's sprayed everywhere more than it got into anyone's mouth. And Hennessy. Well, there you go. <laughs> that was the, the, for the, when Sally Boy dropped, I got myself a bottle of Hennessy, a fifth of Hennessy. And then when there's EP dropped, I got a fifth of Hennessy. Cause those are like the two, you know, moments in this whole thing, right? <laughs> Sally Boy is the first single I ever single. dropped. This is the first project I ever yeah. dropped. When I drop my first album, it'll be, I'll get a whole, I'll get a, handle the Hennessy. <laughs> well what'd you do what'd you do for just friends now did you do anything um i was home i was home that was the first time i, I had i had released a song not with people not, like not with my team you know oh, like okay. I even, I, in july when we were dropping sip uh, we dropped stormy uh in july and i drove across the country in five days so i could get back in time to to drop uh, to release it with my friends that's uh, awesome so this was so that's just to say that this was definitely bizarre because it was it was uh the first time i'd ever released without my friends and honestly i was super bummed like the next day for some reason i was just so i slept like all day i didn't I don't, and and then and because I, I was like i felt i'd worked on it a lot and i was happy with it but then after you listen to your song enough times you lose perspective on it and mm-hmm. i felt as if I didn't give it, I didn't do it justice for, for some reason. I, I like was told myself like, it could have been better. Like, why did you let them release a Lucy like this? Like we could have worked on that and made it so much better. Um, but then it got New Music Fridays and I was like, oh, you're a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must've been, he, that, tell me about that moment. That's, that was, it was, it's, it was sick. Cause I was, I was driving, I was driving. So, well, I, I Maybe I shouldn't say that, but I was driving and I was checking it and I was checking a text, but I shouldn't say that. I was driving on this road that I always drive on. So I know it very well. And then I was going it slow was in front of you. You knew it. <laughs> I'm really just indicting myself on, 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 uh, I will tell anybody <laughs> yeah. you could say, let's just say I was driving with someone else and they were driving the car. Anyways, I, I, I literally just texted my, my managers that I 
didn't want to release another Lucy in January. And I never wanted to release a song that I didn't feel like I'd given it all I got, which is so dumb. Cause it's like, that's me giving myself this thought that I have to work tirelessly on a song for it to be perfect, but sure, that's sure. just so dumb. And sometimes when you work on a song enough times that you love it, it, it has this lightness and this, this, this ability to listen to it a ton of times. Cause it feels, it was just, it was, it was put into the, the world with, with no, subjective feelings it was all objective you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyways I, I tell them i don't want to do this and they're like you probably should and i'm like stupid like i don't want to do this and sean sends me a screenshot like right in the middle of that conversation uh, of us getting music fridays and i text back and i'm like my perspective might has might has might have has might have changed in the car <laughs> Yeah, I was driving and I was just like in this bad mood because I'd slept, uh, like I said, I'd slept the whole day before and I felt like the release hadn't gone well. And I was, I don't know, I don't even know, but, but, but then he texted that and I was like, chipper, I literally just like that. I was, I was so, it was, it was literally 180. I, I turned around and I, I didn't turn the car around, but I just, but mentally, up and I, was, yeah. and I felt lighter. <laughs> I felt that my work was, was, uh, justified and that i hadn't made any mistakes and yeah that was that was that that was what this experience was like this this release was so that's me going off of you asking me what i did i didn't do anything i got depressed and then i got really happy <laughs> but you got really happy and you got on new music friday which is massive yeah. i mean so yeah, massive. Really, really fucking cool they've hit us they've given us three placements now so that's really sick that's so cool i mean yeah. that's that's massive that's yeah. massive if you get on those playlists, especially mm-hmm. New Music Friday. I mean, that's like yeah. the one, you know. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's so awesome. Um, I was going to say, you were talking about like, you know, felt like that song was a Lucy and like you, you didn't put all your all into it. But I I feel like that could be something that would happen to musicians quite a bit where it's like you're, you know, it's your baby and you're working on it and you're like, you're like, you can almost like overproduce and like overwork mm-hmm. on it, yeah. like where it's out at what point, you know, you kind of just have to let it go, right? Me saying I didn't work hard enough on it is me saying I didn't revise it five times. (laughs) I figured. (laughs) That's what I meant. Like, you probably were sitting there like, I should have spent another 15 more hours on this thing. It's like, like, because when I first listened to that song, the thing that's so weird is when I, I can't tell if the first time I listened to my own song is what it really sounds like or if the 500th time I listened to my song is what it really it sounds like you know mm-hmm. which is complicated because and and it always happens also when i show someone's my so show someone my song for the first time then i feel like i've heard it for the first time but maybe i'm just you know hearing it in a different context and it's making me criticize it more uh, so so yeah i mean i don't know i'm trying to figure that out how to at what point i should trust my instinct and at what point i should torture myself because that's what i've heard that's what i've been told that creative geniuses do but then you look at the fucking beatles wrote i was this is int- i just learned this but the beatles would write all of their songs in like the first three albums they would write them the week before they went in the studio they'd be told that they would be in the studio and then john and paul because originally they just wrote all the songs right right literally just get a hotel room and write every song for, for the one week before and then they'd be in the studio for four days and cut it Wow, I didn't know that. That's I and I'm a huge, huge Beatles fan. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I've never heard that before. That's super interesting. And I guess like, but 
you know, so that puts it into perspective, you know, like, okay, we, we, we have a studio time in two weeks. Let's write all the songs for the whole yeah. record today or the next yeah, exactly. few weeks. Wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll write a song and I'll sit on it for how, however long. And, and which is just, it's just, it sort of shows you partially how the landscape has changed the music industry because mm-hmm. people don't really, at least, I don't think I've, people put on SoundCloud stuff that they've, that they've recorded, you know, or like they've, they'll write a song and then record it and they'll put on SoundCloud that night. But you don't really see people doing legitimate releases that they've written recently or read on a whim or wrote on a whim. And also like people don't book studio time anymore. I was just going to say, I think that's kind of a thing of the, I mean, you could do so much demoing from your own house nowadays where it's like, maybe if you wanted to go in and, and recut something or, you know, when the, like just use different equipment or whatever, but everyone has the capability to do it from their own house. Which, which in part probably is what perpetuated this culture of overdoing it because you can do as much as you want. Whereas before it's lay it down, it's done. Right. Time is money. And before, like you didn't have endless days to sit in there and overproduce and overproduce and overproduce. And you also couldn't even nitpick because you would do it all into like a, you would do it all to tape. Tape, so, right. Right. And they would all do use, like it would all go onto one track. So you couldn't even go in there and like, at least very early on, you couldn't go in there and be like, I want that guitar quieter or I want a different tone. It was like, well, then I would have to change everything else in the entire recording. <laughs> right. Right. It is what it is at that point. But you, even with the Beatles, if we're just to bring up this, keep going with this topic, they then when technology got better and like with Strawberry Fields, mm-hmm. you, I don't know if you ever heard the, the story behind that, but they did like 50 takes and nitpicked the fuck out of that to the point where they took the first half of like the 13th take and the second half of the 37th take, and they're both in different keys and different tempos, and they slowed them down to the point where the tempos were close enough and the pitches were equal. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm it's just, they had to, yeah, they had like, <laughs> so they had to go dig through all these takes and figure out which tape piece they wanted yeah. to kind of cut together. I think it was that John just always remembered that he loved this one take. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. I did hear a story too with, um, with Zeppelin, Jimmy Page wrote like five or six different solos for, um, for Stairway to Heaven. And then they kind of had to like decide which one they wanted to use mm-hmm. as like, the album cut like he he just went he went in there and ripped out of like five or six different ones and like you guys decide (laughs) but i guess if you're jimmy page you could do that yeah honestly (laughs) well man that's uh, so just friends or just friends now is out now and then Mm -hmm. is that going to be part of another like ep what do you what or is it just a standalone single what do you have coming out just friends now uh i expect will just be a standalone single i don't intend to put it on a a bigger project it doesn't it someone someone wrote that the one they said something like the one minute 39 second track feels like an interlude between his old sound and his new sound which is they fucking hit that on the head because it's literally that's literally what it is it's it's the acoustic you know slower somewhat heavy feeling of the first project mixed with this new these new production elements vocal manipulation um and brevity of the new project so that's that's how it, it exists for me it feels like i don't want that to be on a project because it serves its purpose and to put on a project would just be to add another song to it rather than speak to the overall um you know like theme project or sound yeah. yeah yeah would you have a new i'm sure you have 
a ton of songs in the in the in the in the bank there. Uh, do you have a? Are you planning on putting out a record or uh, an EP or yeah. what? What's what do you have coming up? So I'm probably going to drop. We're going to start the next single cycle probably in February. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pushing for March third because my birthday is March fifth, so that'd be a nice you know like a, a nice week to drop it. Uh, yeah, a that'd birthday. be cool. Well, birthday that'd present. Exactly. Um, but my managers are, are hoping that we can <laughs> earlier <laughs> to maintain some, some, uh, of the, what's the word? Oh, uh, when you have, m- um, momentum to maintain yeah, the, the momentum. momentum. I'm like, just give me a birthday present. What do you, <laughs> who cares about this, these business terms? Right. Just, You're like, February's <laughs> a short month anyway. Who cares? <laughs> we can push Both three the, more days. <laughs> we just, we dropped December 16th for, for, um, uh, just friends though, because 16 is my lucky number. Oh so, wow! So why don't we drop on my birthday week? Because that's always the best week of the of the month of the year. It's my favorite. Right. I love my birthday. So sure, yeah. You can p- pitch them out that it's a short month. Pitch on February is a short month. You know what? It's a good point. Say so, you know um, we yeah. can do the extra three days. It's what 28, 29, 30, 30. Yeah, it would be like essentially on March first. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> right now, yeah, yeah. From right now, it would be yeah, it would be a month and then a month and a half about. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's coming out uh, early March, middle of February. Hopefully March 3rd. <laughs> I'll just say it, it's a little, I'll, you know, it's coming out March 3rd. <laughs> <laughs> Every interview now, it's March 3rd. Yeah, Your management's uh, like, it is. You're like, yep. Sorry. <laughs> that was, um, that, that's funny because the when I first started doing press and stuff for this first project, I kept calling it an album. And, and my manager was like, stop calling it an album. It's a project. Like you, you, you want, a label wants to release your first album. So don't say you're releasing an album. And as it is a project more than it is an album, you know, it's, it, it's, 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 there's, I feel like the layers it is, it's, there's, you could do a mixtape, you could do a playlist, then you could do a project, then you could do an album. In my or EP, like, EP. mixtape, playlist, EP, project, album. So it makes sense to put it here. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, yes, coming out, March 3rd. And then I have another, uh, I'm, that's going to be the first single uh, of this, probably this new release cycle. Um, Cause I initially the song they were, they wanted to be a Lucy, but I love this song so much. I I feel like it needs to be on a project. So I think it would also work to be um, a part, like the first single for the project. Amazing. Well, I can't, can't, can't wait to check it out. Can't wait to hear it when it comes out on March 3rd, your birthday week. <laughs> yeah. And I appreciate your, you spending time with me today. Yeah, it's been awesome. Yeah. I have one more question before I let you go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Um, that's always difficult because I feel like sometimes I feel like I haven't even gotten to the point where I deserve to give people advice, but I probably do have some insight at this point. Yeah, you've been for a while, man. <laughs> I would probably tell people to be patient with themselves um, and, and make sure you you not only focus on the music, but you make sure you get a really good team around you of people who not only are competent and know what they're doing, but just genuinely good people who support you and appreciate you and give you the energy you need to keep going and making the things that mean most to you.